Girl here today with Ken Yagi, who's a veterinary technician specialist in both emergency critical care and internal medicine. Ken is also an emergency critical care trainer for Pet Ed, veterinary education and training resources, and he works at Adobe Animal Hospital in Los Altos, California. And today, he's going to be speaking to us about xenotransfusions. First of all, what the heck is a xenotransfusion? So I don't know if anyone has seen the news story that recently came out um, regarding a cat named Rory that was in New Zealand who had supposedly ingested rat bait, came in to the hospital, anemic, and uh, needed blood. And he had a specific blood type that, quote unquote, uh, an ounce of the wrong blood type would kill him. And so I'm assuming that this meant he had the blood type B, but I'm not sure of that. Uh, just from the news story, I can't tell. But he was considered to be in a situation where he would die without that RBC transfusion. And it also happened at 5 p.m. on a Friday night, and they had no time to do the proper typing because they had to send it out in order to do that. So in this situation, what they ended up doing was a friend of the owner of Rory went and got Macy, their dog. They drew blood from Macy, transfused it into Rory, and he actually survived. This act of transfusing blood from a different species into another species, like a dog-to-cat transfusion, is what's called xenotransfusion. It could be the other way around as well, where you take cats and transfuse it into a relatively large dog, and that's a xenotransfusion as well. It's cat-to-dog. Well, how is that possible? Because back in the 1800s, Dr. Leacock did some studies and showed that the transfusion between the same species was more uh, successful than between different species. In the 1900s, Dr. Landsteiner discovered blood groups, which made us go more towards matching blood types in order to make our outcome of blood transfusion successful. And that had to do with immunoglobulins, IgG and IgM molecules, IgE molecules as well, that would cause acute hemolytic transfusion reactions, allergic or anaphylactic reactions. That was a immunologic complication. But it worked for Rory. So if it works, why isn't it used more often? Well, there are some issues with xenotransfusions, which we'll talk a little bit more about. And we know that the same species transfusion is more successful. And again, with that discovery of blood groups, we tend to match them for that successful outcome to be more likely. And so if it works in some cases, the question that we should be asking about these xenotransfusions is, how effective is it really? And how safe is it? Back in 2012, there was a systematic review uh, published that looked at several studies that were performed in the 1960s that looked at dog-to-cat transfusions. And in 2004, there was a case report published regarding one type B cat that received dog blood. In these studies, they found that these xenotransfusions are indeed effective in that once it was performed, clinical symptoms were alleviated. It did indeed increase the PCV of the recipient, but it only lasted about four days, whereas normally with the allergenic transfusion, it would last about 30 days. So it does seem to be effective. But how safe was it? And with the data that was available to us, the study saw that there are three different situations that we can break down the safety into. The first situation is if the patient had never received a previous transfusion. In these situations, they would not have any pre-existing antibodies for canine blood components, and so there were no acute hemolytic transfusion reactions or anaphylaxis seen. When they tested for compatibility through cross-matches, there were some positive results for minor cross-matches. And in the recipients, there were a few adverse effects seen where two of the subjects showed tachypnea and two others showed hyperthermia. And they saw that the increase in the PCV was definitely short-lived for about four days or so. Second situation that we can break it down into is when the patient has already had a canine to feline transfusion, but it still had not been four days yet. 
in these situations. They gave the second transfusion within four days from the first transfusion, and they saw no immunologic complications in any of the subjects. Compatibility testing didn't show any sort of positive cross-match results, and there were no adverse effects seen in 13 of the 13 cats that they tried this on. And the third situation is when the second transfusion came after a four to six day period from the first transfusion. And in this situation, they saw anaphylaxis in 18 of 18 cats that they tried this on, and that's 100% reaction rate, and 66% of them actually died. So these are fatal transfusion reactions that occurred. So these xenotransfusions from the data that we were just looking at here is not safe at all. If we were to use it, and if we needed to repeat it, then it must be done before four days. So if it's not so safe, but it is effective, and we may be able to use it as a form of therapy, when is it acceptable to be used? I have a little checklist here, and the first criteria that I would say is there absolutely must be no source of compatible blood for this patient, that there is no bank blood that you have, you can't call in your donors to donate in time, and there's no hospitals in that area to be for the blood to be borrowed from. If you have a patient that has a really rare blood type, such as a type B cat, then that may be the situation that you're in, and that you also don't have any oxygen, I'm sorry, hemoglobin-based oxygen carrier solutions available, which in the U.S. most of us do not have right now. The second criteria is this patient that you don't have blood for must be in a situation where you feel clinically that they are going to pass away imminently if you don't get this blood. So this is a patient that is clinically anemic. Within the time that you were, would be able to obtain the blood, there would be irreversible hypoxic damage or may result in death. And that's definitely a clinical judgment. But if you're in that situation, it may be something to consider. And the third criteria is that this short-term effect, because we're only going to be able to expect the PCV to hold for four days, is that short-term effect enough for this patient to be saved? And these are situations where you may be able to acquire compatible blood within those four days or you may be able to treat that underlying cause to allow the patient to regenerate their own red cells, and you're just waiting for that regenerative response to kick in. The fourth criteria is if this recipient, this patient, has never received any previous transfusions. And this is because the previous exposure will cause sensitization of the patient developing antibodies, and that will lead to that significant transfusion reaction the next time around. So you must know the transfusion history of this patient. And the last point is that it must be with owner's informed consent. And the reason is because there are definitely risks associated with it, that even with the 62 test subjects that were seen with the systematic review compiled together, there were mild reactions that were seen. And there are definite consequences to it in that the animal will become sensitized. The next time any dog transfusion is performed, then it will almost always end up in death. And even if it is the first time around, it's going to cause a delayed hemolytic transfusion reaction. Because of that, this is a non-traditional form of therapy. There are risks and consequences associated with it, and the owner must know that and consent to it after being fully informed. And what xenotransfusion definitely is not is a reason for us to say we don't have to store as much cat blood, or our donor list doesn't need to be that long, or we don't need to keep type B blood anymore because we can always use canine blood. So knowing that cats get severe anaphylactic reaction versus dogs who just get hives and urticaria and are less likely to develop a life-threatening allergic reaction, what would be your recommendation in terms of a clinic that has no A blood and the cat is hypovolemic? So I think that there definitely is a tendency for us to, when we have an animal that is, say, acutely bleeding, to think that they immediately need blood. But that's definitely not the case. If they are suffering from hypovolemia and that's all they're suffering from, 
then we just need to replace that blood volume with crystalloids or colloids, whichever you prefer, in order to replace that blood volume, have the patient regain perfusion, and that should be enough. One of the things that I, obviously I didn't review the case, I heard about it on social media, but as a toxicologist, I worry a little bit because cats are so resistant to anticoagulant rodenticide toxicity. Uh, they're usually 10 to 25 times more resistant than dogs. And so for that reason, it's really rare to see an anticoagulant rodenticide cat. And in 18 years of practicing, I've, I've actually never seen one. I've definitely had reports of some colleagues who have had that. So in that situation, I guess the concern is, do you think it was is the red blood cells that save this cat, the plasma or the clotting factors that save this cat from a whole blood transfusion, or potentially the antidote, vitamin K? The information that we have regarding this case is very limited because we only have a news report. We haven't been able to review the case records or anything like that. So we know that in terms of blood products with anticoagulant rodenticide toxicity, the component that is beneficial for the patient is definitely the coagulation factors, that if the patient is bleeding from a deficiency in the coagulation factors, we replace that in order to allow them to start clotting again. In these cases of anticoagulant rodenticide toxicity, they don't always come in anemic. They may not need the red cells, and it depends on what that situation is. We would have to leave that judgment up to the clinician that saw this cat if they thought that the red cells were needed and that's what they decided to give. But it's hard for us to make judgment calls on if that was really necessary or not. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ken. I don't think most vets in North America are familiar with xenotransfusions. So definitely an option, definitely not something that's going to be on the top of our list that we're going to do, but something that is controversial, that definitely has risks. Again, 100% anaphylactic reaction, 66% mortality, but can potentially be life-saving in those very rare cases. Thank you so much. 